Hey guys, just wanted to jump in before this episode began and let you know that we broke this interview up with Chris Allman into two parts. It's super long, so we'll release the first part today, as per usual, on Wednesday, and then the next part, part two, next Wednesday, like we do on like we normally do on Wednesday. So uh, be looking for that. And so sorry for how it sounds right now. I'm actually recording this at home with um, my headphones, so it. It's not that good. So, anyways, enjoy. So, you want me to play that in post? Well, yeah, when you put it in there, it's like, and because I'm expecting him to say, no, it wasn't anything like that at all. <laughs> and he, he, like, it just So, some build up music in it, and then he's like, like, no, it wasn't like that. And then. <laughs> can't get over how fancy y'all are you know when we do something we like to go all out eminem broadcasters ain't got nothing on you <laughs> i'm serious every day it's some kind of it's a it's a i call it a white knuckle ride every time i go in the studio <laughs> just kind of gripping as hard as possible make yeah. it through sometimes we have like there's like a monitor studio monitor button and then an air monitor mm-hmm. so you can you can be on in the monitors y'all know this y'all yeah. are technological but not be on the air i'm not so easily five times a show, I press the the air monitor button because it's on delay. Yeah, but I'll basically like because I'm never for sure we're on the air. So I'm pressing the air monitor button five times a show just to make sure we're on the air. Which I don't know what I would do if we weren't on the air. I don't know how to get it back on the air <laughs> <laughs> if it pops off. Yeah, I wish we had like that. What's that button like Dave Ramsey has on his show where you can mute the mic? There are times I'm just like, yeah, like a to, it's yeah like, like a cough button. Yeah, like a cough button. Because right now it's. Kind of just have to lean back or lean away from the mic. Do something. y'all have a delay button, like in case one of y'all starts cussing up a storm or something? Mm, no, it's just going on there. He's just going to have to edit it and post. Are we allowed to cuss on this show? Well, we're is this keep... a Highland sponsored show or is this? No, a... it's not oh, okay. Highland sponsored. It's not a Highland sponsored show at all. But our Highland supervisors listen. <laughs> <laughs> we are not allowed. We try to keep it PG. I would not cuss on this show. Man, of course you would. <laughs> here, here are the topics to avoid to keep me from cussing. Dwayne Wade. The Dallas Cowboys, the 2005 World Series. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay, first thing, <laughs> let's go by D Wade. So D Wade, <laughs> has anyone's farewell been more pre-produced than Dwayne Wade's? No. You got the organic nature of Dirk's farewell, right? In where, in the actual stadium, where which was genuine. In the, yeah. In, yeah, with Dwayne Wade, it was a video. They're making a people coming in. He's it's come out. He's he's doing a documentary on his final season. So that's probably so, part of oh, it. Yes, okay. covered it. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm taking over. You guys, no, no, you're let's good. Let's talk about whatever y'all want. <laughs> no, you're good. You're 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 good. This is, Chris. This is why we bring in other people. So, so we don't have to. We yeah. just kind of let you guys talk and run over. Yep. Let, let the pros handle it. Which one of y'all is Wooly and which one's Sasquatch? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it's the total opposite of what everyone probably would think. Which one do you think? Mm, I was going surely on quantity of body hair. And on on their face, I've not mm-hmm. seen either of you shirtless, so I would say Zach is Sasquatch, but but could, that could be Wooly too. <laughs> it could be. Boy, we didn't really get an answer to that question, did we? <laughs> no, no. Just just think, if it's coming out of Dariq's head, is that? Did you pick the name? <laughs> if yeah. it's coming out of Dariq's head, then it's probably fictional, meaning Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, making Zach possibly Wooly. <laughs> So extinct. I get. Oh. 
<laughs> both of us. I don't know. I'm for that. I don't know who's who. We, yep. we try to play off of both of them, but we don't know. The name Zach of the show makes different. about as much sense as the show itself. So, <laughs> but at one point it did have a meaning, but now I just like I know it doesn't have anything. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys agree? It's catchy. That people, by and large, here's my take on it. Since you asked, uh, neither one of you asked my take. I listen What's your take to on it, Chris? my take is I want to listen to guys I like. I'm not that concerned about the subject matter, right? Like, okay. Like I, listen, I am a massive P1 of the ticket in Dallas. Okay. I could care less what those guys are talking about. Yeah. I just want to hear what the Musers, Bad Radio, Norman Donnie, and yeah. Hardline want to say. <laughs> they could be talking about lawn maintenance, and I would be locked in. <laughs> and so I think because you two guys are likable. You oh, know? man, appreciate it. Appreciate it. I listen to y'all stuff. I listen to all of it. Yeah, no, yeah. You, if you listen yeah. to it really slow, we think about doing like a 15-minute episode, but you listen to it on the podcast at half, half speed. speed. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> we listen to this week's. Uh, half speed. Oh man, it so, like, sounded slurred, like slurred, stoned. Yes, yes, stoned. Well, like, I Zach. already mumble, and so when you slow it down even more, and then it's like talking. So Jeremy it's came so to our funny. office, listening to it at half. Then he like he was listening to it regular. Then he slowed it down to half speed. Oh my goodness, we were all just rolling. I mean, it changed a thirty-minute episode into an hour, which was a bit much, but. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I think that stuff is funny. I'm yeah. f- almost 41, and I think that kind of like juvenile stuff is funny. Y'all don't y'all don't talk enough wrestling. Oh, speaking of wrestling, don't talk enough pro wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, oh, did we? Even, by the way, if you guys don't know, this is Chris Ullman. Yeah, yeah, we should a let's, local. Let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's have Chris introduce himself. Hey, this is how we do things. You know, we we don't have a script. No, we just kind of wing it. We just. You also have no long-term hopes for this if I'm your second guest. Hey. You are trying to kill this thing in a hurry. Hey, we're just trying to, let's cram in as much craziness as possible. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing to do the rest of the day. So. I feel like it's. Uh, it's going kind up of a level. After the past few episodes of listening to this, it just makes me think of like a, a radio show that you listen to in the morning when you're driving in your car. Mm-hmm. Just going from work or whatever, and you just turn it on. And I feel, because, I don't know, we're not talking about anything. But not anything is going to solve any world problems. Are you going to take anything away from it that's going to be helpful for the No. Just, Do y'all want to try to solve the world's problems? Do y'all want to talk election 2020? Oh, no. Ooh, yes, no. Kanye's running. I don't. Oh, <laughs> Kanye 2020. I want, I want no part of that conversation. <laughs> Although, I like, we can talk Kanye's albums. First, I don't want to talk Kanye's politics. First Lady Kim K. <laughs> you see she's studying to be an attorney? Man, get out of here. What? Wait, I think the only one out of all of them who graduated from college was Courtney. I believe. I'm way too much. Okay, sorry. Okay, Anyways. I'm going to admit this. I watch the show occasionally. Oh gosh. Okay, Chris, you want to introduce yourself for our uh, about I think four, four listeners. Four now. I think or we five. acquired four yesterday. I know I we had four yesterday. We're about four or five listeners. Oh, uh, my wife started watching finally. Oh, watching, listening. Sorry. Okay. She started listening finally. Maybe next time John's out of the studio, I'll just replay this episode. <laughs> Y'all can be the like 9 a.m. fill in guys. <laughs> the off air. Hey, amateur hour. Trust me, John was late today. I had to start the show flying solo. Voice of the Bears. Almost went to commercial break like 90 seconds into the show. Hey, John has a unique voice, man. That guy's voice, I don't know how he does it. How do you do a, a radio voice? There isn't can, can, is that something that like, Back can in the day, be learned? I think, there was more common, I think right? if you just try to be eloquent and articulate things really well, it comes off as radio voice. Right. I don't think I could ever be on radio because I mumble too much. No, because I, I mumble too. I think there's a... Uh, everyone on our station does radio voice. I try to go the opposite direction. Like I have long pauses, which is like a no-no in radio. In radio. <laughs> but I'll, I'll intentionally take long pauses just because. 
you know? Like it, it creates it, anticipation yeah. for the listener. It makes me seem like I'm a really thoughtful guy. You know, like I'm really thinking hard about my response. Ooh, are you running for office? Anytime? Yeah, he's really deep. He's really put a lot of a lot of thought into that. He says everything with meaning and yeah. intention. My Baylor acrobatics and tumbling takes are just really thought out and eloquent. Sorry, am I supposed to be introducing myself? Whatever you want to yeah, do, man. Ahead, this ahead. is great. Uh, what do you want to know? I mean, my name is Chris. Yeah. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Georgetown, Texas. Georgetown. I was born in Houston, Pasadena, to be more specific. Either you guys familiar with? Where are y'all from? Derek, where are you from? I'm from Waco. Grew up right here. Really? Right around. I, yeah, lived in this neighborhood for a while. Moved a few blocks over. But yeah, I've been in this area forever. You're in what? Bosqueville now? Uh, we is moved that, from Bosqueville. Are we not supposed to tell the listeners where you live? They'll show um, up. Man, if they, uh, or do the listeners people, already live in your house? Most of the listeners live in my house. We can give away y'all's locations <laughs> since all the listeners are already there. Uh, uh, yeah. Where are you from, Zach? I'm from Mount Vernon, Northeast Texas, 2,000 people. Uh, it, I'm not even going to mention who the town's famous for since you're uh, a Houston fan. No, I'm I'm not. I'm anti Dallas Cowboy. Yep, exactly. all things. That's why I'm not gonna. Oh, Wait, the town is named after? No, no, not named after. There's just a famous they're... Dallas Cowboy from Mount Vernon. Yeah, former quarterback. What's his name? Don Meredith. Don Who's Meredith's it? from Mount Vernon. Yeah. Who's See, it? to me, Don Maybe Meredith. Don. To, to me, Don Meredith is a broadcaster. Yeah, that's. I think that's most people because he never did anything. Yeah, he was pretty underrated. Yeah. He just happened to be the guy before Roger. Right. So everyone's so, forgotten about him. Yeah. So I grew up. I was born in Houston, Pasadena, moved to Georgetown, which is what, an hour south of here, just north of Austin. Lived there from 86 to the point I graduated from high school in 1996. Went to Mary Harden Baylor. Went to Blinn College for a year because I thought I wanted to be an Aggie. Changed literally, literally was not there six hours before I changed my mind. So the first day I was in College Station, I changed. Are you an Aggie, Zach? No. No, you're not an Aggie either, what, are you? What, I'm not going to say, oh, no, but I was going to say there was a time in my life where I was a true A&M fan. It was the year they went undefeated in football. 1939? <laughs> no. No. Wait, <laughs> a year they actually went undefeated or a year they claimed to have gone undefeated and then claimed a national title? It could have been both. Okay. But there, it was a year that they were like banned from television because the alumni was like paying all their- Oh, 94. Yeah. 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 I was like huge. I was like on track to totally go to A&M. I'm not against Aggie football. Yeah, my grandfather. That, that was my whole thing in the A&M. But then I went there on school tour. Whole just brainwashed them the whole thing. Like, I'm in. Yeah, I. Oh, I uh, it was just the sheer amount of public drunkenness that I couldn't handle the first day I was there. Yeah, and I'm this like I was pretty sheltered. I mean, Georgetown's like middle class. Probably most would say upper middle class. Right. And you know, you have friends that like like to party in high school, but then it just like it was like a an alcoholic wave hit me my first day in College Station. <laughs> so I was like, I got to get out of here. So I made it one year of junior college, and then I went to Mary Harden Baylor and finished there and loved it. I loved every single second of being there. And uh, then basically my professional life has taken me around Texas mm-hmm. to the point where now I'm here in Waco. Yeah. Hanging out with yeah. you guys. It's How all it's all culminated with? with today. This That's is right. it. It's this. the pinnacle. No. No, you're still climbing. <laughs> I don't know. It's all downhill you, you from know here. Where? <laughs> I was going to lead up to that. Oh, man. What was the question? Uh how long have you been in Waco? We moved here the day after Christmas 2016. If it was up to me, we would have come a lot sooner. Hmm. I went to work. So I used to work at a church in Austin, um, which it's good for me to say that out loud because now I won't curse since I've like kind of built in that accountability. You, you, you threw that in there? Okay. I just think every once in a while a well-placed curse word is funny. I'm not for like, you know, 
constant. Yeah. Every word. I had this conversation with someone this morning. I believe towing the line, very funny. Crossing it or living on the other side of the line, not funny. Yeah. Towing the line, very funny. You don't have to use any of this. <laughs> no. Probably going to use it all. That's fine. This is probably going to be the I'm longest like, episode, too. I told you I'm, I'm going to be as honest as possible because... I don't know. What's the point? I could pretend. Don't pretend. I mean, it's not like we have a bunch of listeners anyways. Yeah. No, but I think that's part of it. You know, I haven't pretended on the show. There are times I probably overshared. 16, business failed. Uh, But yeah, so just saying. Yeah. The more honesty, the better. Just make it real. So what was the question again? How long have I been in Waco? Yeah, you answered that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just after Christmas 2016? Yeah. Uh, Because I was working at a church in Austin. Loved it. Loved every second of that. Carrie got pregnant. My wife's name is Carrie. Carrie got pregnant with our daughter Lane and wanted to stay home in a ministry salary in an ever increasingly expensive town like Austin meant a job change. So I went into the insurance business with my brother-in-law, Kyle, who was here. Mm-hmm. So we moved. I started doing insurance May of 16, did it in Austin until we sold our house in, in November, moved up here at the end of December. And did insurance up here with Kyle for two years and then made the move to mortgages, which those two businesses are pretty like they work in tandem. So this company, the Wood Group of Fairway that I worked for or worked with when I was in insurance, they had an opening and I made the move over. And honestly, it was probably good for the long term health of our family for me and my brother-in-law not to work together anymore. We had had a couple of run ins in the summer. So it was just good to make the move and. It's been great. It's been hard. The Lord has been faithful. But I mean, Carrie said last night she was she's just so happy we're in Waco. We say that like once a week, mm. you know, and Austin's Austin, you know, like mm. I don't think Austin is as is as weird as it used to be. I also don't think Austin is as weird as it wants to be, as it claims to be. Right. You know, they're like a super I'm 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 ranting now. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. They're like a super they, they brand themselves a super progressive city, but there's probably not a city in the world that's doing less for minority populations. You know, they're pushing people out of the cities and into yeah they're gentrifying everything so they're not really they're not really for the marginalized right. so to speak um but they it's cult-like status down there you know like people that live there they love to tell you that they live there yeah so for sure so that's where i'm from that's my answer to the question <laughs> that's where i'm from maddie and i have both said that we never want to move to austin well, no matter where we end up, we don't ever really want to get off. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if it's your thing, if you're an outdoorsy person, and you know what? I don't even think that's it anymore. It's just if you can handle the, the sheer numbers. It's a crowded city now. So 15 years ago, you could say, oh, I'm outdoorsy. Oh, I love live music. Oh, I'm a food person. And it was mm-hmm. the perfect place to go. Right. But the I think the advent of it being like a tech hub and people moving there and jobs moving there, which who's against like nobody's against ec- economic growth, but it just moved in so many people that right. it was just time for us to go. I'm a small town. Like Georgetown had 20,000 people when I moved there. I wanted to be in Waco and I was here once before helping start the radio station in 2004. So it's really? yeah. Um, I, but I, I just, I lived in Belton and worked here. So I didn't, I wasn't like part of the, the Waco community. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into the radio? My degrees in journalism. So I always, always, always wanted to be, once I realized I was never going to be an NBA player when I was eight, Mm. um, I realized I needed another path and I I loved, I loved the newspaper. Like I just thought guys that wrote in the newspaper and wrote in sports illustrated were like giants. Yeah. Like, do you guys know who Rick Riley is? The, the writer, he, he was on ESPN for a while, but he, for years, he owned the back page of sports illustrated, which was like the most prestigious 
piece of journalistic real estate that there was. So he wrote a column once a week. And I just thought that was like my high school thing says my ambition is to write in Sports Illustrated. So I graduated with a degree in journalism and went to work in newspaper right away uh, and loved it. And then about this was like 2003 and it was kind of the, the boom of sports radio. So I was like, well, I want to try that. So I moved back to Austin. I moved back to Georgetown and went to work at 1260 AM down there, which then became the horn. It's, it's now the horn 1049 and worked there for literally $0 until they bought 1660 up here and moved me from Austin back up here to help. I say start it. It's just a, it's like any relocation, right? It's like you're integrating the DNA of Simmons Media into the staff and the offices of 1660. And I was here for about a year and a half and it was rough. Like it was just a, I was a young, I was 20, like five years old and I thought I knew everything. They were in the current location. They were like downtown, weren't they? Right. So I got here before we were there. Okay. So when I, when I came here in 04, 1660 was owned by Van Goodall and the only live on air thing on all the frequencies was Tom Barfield and Butch Henry doing You Make the Call. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. studio, do you know where Jack's Stereos is? Yeah, it was right next door. It was right next door to yeah. Jack's Stereos. Yeah. Oh, so, so I didn't know you guys were there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you would hear the thumping yeah, was, yeah. of testing subwoofers or Sorry whatever they're that. called yeah, interrupting yeah. the radio show. Sorry about that. And it was a very, yeah, was that you? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Me and my boys. It was a... Uh, it was just a, it was not my kind of radio. It was, it was caller driven. And I think callers are the worst. I just think callers into a sports radio show. Well, I'm going to have to tell you now that the boys going to come back this year. I know. Like, <laughs> and it drives me nuts because you're trying to formulate a thought and you're like, let's go to, you're like, you got this really eloquent thing you're saying about Kim Mulkey and the lady bears, right? Like, oh, this is what she's meant. Let's go to the phones. All right. Tom in Bosqueville, your thoughts. Yeah, long time well, listener, first time caller. Yeah, what do, y'all th- what do y'all think about Romo versus Dak? And I was like, well, you know, it's not two years ago, so I don't really have any thoughts on that. We're trying to talk about Kim Mulkey and what she means to Waco. So it was just, it was a, a contrast well, in styles. Really in the girls' basketball. It's a little slower than the guys. Yeah. Okay, well, don't say that on the air. <laughs> it's 2019. So I did, I did radio until 05, and then I realized both those industries are really kind of struggling. Like newspaper is really struggling bad. Almost everything's digital. The actual physical newspaper is, I still love it. I love to get it and read it, and, but it's not necessary anymore, no. you know? And then radio, with, especially with the advent of podcasts, radio is becoming less and less of a... Where do you see radio? Not to take it away. Like, where do you see... Because I still feel like there is a market for radio. I think... But where do you see it possibly going in the future? Is, is, yeah, is it going talk, away? Talk show radio in particular, not just like not just music, music radio, but, yeah, but yeah. potentially talk show radio. I don't, I don't. Uh, in the immediate future, it's not going anywhere mm-hmm. because there's still a generation of people that listen to it, and a generation of people that are the decision makers and the influencers, and probably control most of the wealth that's spent on advertising that listen okay. to the radio. So take my parents, they're in their 60s. They they could, if I told them, figure out how to stream the radio show. I could tell them, hey, this is how you listen to Wooly and Sasquatch on iTunes. Mm-hmm. But they Go know the they know to turn on the radio and turn the dial to 1660. And yeah. and that generation, you know, of people, they're still the ones that are doing the advertising and their audience is the one that's spending money. So they're the ones right. listening to the radio. They're, they're, they're the ones that have the money. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's a time coming that it will be more 
fringy kind of stuff, you know? Um, I could see conservative talk radio being the last thriving thing in radio just because conservative politics tends to be older white folks Mm -hmm. that listen to the radio. But I think that sports in general, specifically, you think you you look at things like Barstool, um, you know, yeah. And ESPN is going to get their fingers in everything. You know, they're literally, their goal is ESPN plus. Yeah. I mean, already with streaming and everything. Yeah. And did you guys see that now they have an agreement with the big 12? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're, I mean, so that, they're going to they're going to pockets as well. Yes. I mean, with Disney, I mean there's a, right. that's a, that's a Yes. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to try to swallow up as much as much as they can and, it, and it's going to include terrestrial radio. And if it it won't be that they'll try to buy up frequencies and businesses, it's just going to be they're going to go get the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, Colin Cowherd was a local radio guy until ESPN yeah. plucked him out of nowhere to replace Tony Kornheiser. And now probably whatever frequency he was on in Portland or Vegas is it's probably got a guy yeah. like me hosting it, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like the, your ninth, your ninth yeah. string sports guy. So, I mean, I candidly, I don't listen to the radio very much. I stream the ticket out of Dallas and I love the guys that work at 1660. Yeah. I mean, like, but I don't listen to it a whole lot. It's not yeah. my, when you're not there, when you're not on there. You're yeah. Gonna, it's not my jam. Yeah. You know, I love Craig and Q. I think they're and Steven together at middays. I think they're very funny. Um, but what the larger audience of unnecessary roughness and you make the call like to listen to, it's not my thing. High yeah. school football, football 24 seven and Dallas Cowboys is just not what I want to spend my yeah. time listening to. That's a, sorry. That's a long answer. To no, a, no, no. I kind of wonder if it's one of those things. I, to me, I think radio, like there was podcasts have been around for a long time, but then it kind of the pendulum swung and then there was nothing there. Right. Then kind of XM and then it came back. So I feel like there will be a point in time where, where radio will be possibly kind of, almost like your vintage thing with people. It'd be hot again, but just when, who knows? Yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be hot in small sects, you know, yeah. like people that still there's, there's like an occasional record store in existence, yeah. you know, because it's yeah. uh it's a novelty, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, I, I don't think vintage feel. Yeah. yeah. Cassettes, VHS, those things aren't coming back, no. but still, there's still more people listening to radio. And I don't know how I'm sure they massage this number. There are more people that listen to the radio every day than download podcasts. So, it's still a ways away. Radio's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know? I feel like like the like you said, talk radio, sports, and it's the same with podcasts. There's these different genres that will have a majority of people, and that's what's kind of holding up and sustaining almost the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But and it'll I think it'll be determined by a few people. Yeah. I think podcasts have become even more successful, probably initially on the back of Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was one of the first guys to do a really good sports podcast. Are you a sports, like a diehard sports guy, Zach? I don't want to I start. Sports, do you know I, who Bill Simmons is? I don't. Okay. I won't, I won't go into detail no, on the history he, of Bill Simmons, but he was. Greek doesn't either, so. Do you know who Bill Simmons is? How dare is? you? <laughs> I know who Bill Simmons is. I have him right here on Google. Bill, <laughs> here's the short, here's the short of Bill Simmons. He was the first guy to, he was the first guy for my generation to kind of be a pioneer. He wrote for, he had his own like AOL website called the sports guy. And it just slowly gained some steam to the point where he, he wrote an article about the ESPY awards Mm -hmm. and just tore it to shreds, like just mocked it from start to finish. And ESPN noticed it and hired him to write on page two, which was their like kind of quirky, here's our sports and culture thing. And then he blew up into being like a giant at ESPN. Then he left and started the ringer, which is a website podcast network. So he's always been on the forefront of things. So guys like if Simmons stays in the podcast game for a long time, if the barstool guys stay in the podcast game for a long time, 
I think it'll thrive. I'm, I'm not a, I can't see the future, like on where the advances go. I don't know what's next instead of podcasts, you know, like, I don't know what the next level of media is, I don't know but either. YouTube, but <laughs> maybe, but ESPN, I, I think those are always married together though. Podcasts podcast and, and video always somehow they always overlap one another eventually. Yeah. Especially now that you can record yourself audio and video on your phone and put it on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I hope radio's not going anywhere. I like it a little bit better than doing, we used to do a podcast when I was in Austin and it's fun, but I love the live nature of radio. Right. You know, I like the, no take backs. the, yeah, the inability to edit. I like that part. Um, plus I work with such a pro, like it's the easiest. Mm-hmm. John is such a pro that yeah. it's just, I just respond to the things he says and yeah. go from there. And then there. coming from him, coming from a live somewhat like from news, yeah. news background. So I think that's, but he would tell you, you know, it's funny. He would tell you he's a slave to the teleprompter. Yeah. So radio is all like on the fly. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like he literally walks in. We start the show open at nine o'clock on the dot. The legal plays at eight fifty nine fifty. The show open starts at nine o'clock. He is never there before the show open starts. <laughs> so if the show open is two and a half minutes long, there's 90 seconds of show open before John comes in. And I've seen him walk in, put his headphones down and just start talking, which is way harder than you wow. think it is. And he's able to clearly articulate what audio we heard in the open, what we're setting up for the day, what Baylor's got going for the day. And so it's, he's very good pro. at it. He's a pro. For he's, sure. Yeah, he's a pro and the nicest human being yeah. that's ever walked the face of the earth. Right. So I feel pretty lucky to get to go. I don't get paid well for it. I mean, honestly, we just did our taxes and I'm pro- I, I probably paid to do it. Right. Yeah. So I know the feeling there. Yeah. I mean, I make like barely minimum wage to go in and do it. It's not a career. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I, if it, and if it wasn't John, I would have bailed a long time ago, yeah. but he's such a good dude that yeah, I'm going to do it. So, so what is kind of your role on that show? Technically it's producer, but the job of a producer really happens mostly before the show starts. Like a show producer does all the work until showtime. And then they're doing things like calling guests on the phone, answering the phone, the producer board op job is the same at 1660. So there's no set in some bigger markets, you get a board op and you get a producer, right? Mm-hmm. Like your board op is turning mics on, potting up different things. Your producer is answering phones, making sure guys are hitting their clock. You know, he's telling them, wrap it up. You know, we got to go right. to break. He's in their ear saying, Hey, you know, you got this live spot coming up. What's like you on Sunday morning, Zach yelling at everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you're a bit of a, like a game manager. Yeah. Um, producing a radio show is significantly easier than whatever you do on Sunday mornings. Uh, I'm not kidding. A literal monkey, a literal monkey could do my job. Um, yes. Like if you just gave them a tone, like if, if they just responded, can you train a monkey to do that? Like at this tone hit air one at this or color boy, (laughs) dude, we're big curious George fans in our house. Don't, 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 don't touch curious George. Are you pro curious George or anti curious George? I am pro curious George. Me too. I got in a big yellow hat. Come on. The nicest guy ever. Take a random monkey tearing up stuff all the time. Side note. I envy George's life a little bit when we watch that. Right. He lives in like a, what is that? Like a Manhattan penthouse Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and doesn't do a dang thing all day except wreck stuff. The most curious, mischievous monkey I've ever seen. He's basically, George is basically like a, like a rapper. He just lives (laughs) in a penthouse and just wrecks stuff. Got that life. Yeah. He's living the boss life. For sure. Uh, so the job of producer for most shows is going to be to prep the show the day before the morning of and then make sure it's executed. Well, my job, like John does all of his own show opens and rejoins. So we have four segments in an hour. 
he produces the show open. He picks the rejoin music for, for segments one, two, and three. So I literally don't have to do anything just except press play. So I've got to just make sure the mics are on that. I hit the delay button so that the, the delay is on so that if somebody later in the day says something that needs to be dumped, we can dump it. And then I just turn the mic on and go. And I'm I got today. I got there about eight 48. We go on the air at nine and I was out the door at like 10 Oh three. Wow. So it's a really, it's an, I have the easiest job in the history of radio. The other two producers, Steven and Andrew, Andrew has the hardest job producing. You make the calls, the worst job in radio. Cause Smokey is just a machine. Like do y'all listen to them at all? Smokey and Paul. Do what? I, I have before, and I think some of the other stuff that he's done, like his uh, for like some of the student athletes, it's just it's just haywire. Yeah. So I have a really easy gig, and I like it. I still do it mostly because I like working with John. Yeah. Um, it's not for the money. So, so are y'all? Are you and John in the same room? Mm-hmm. Whenever? Yeah. Because okay. I always, always like. So I started listening. Uh, one of the reasons why I asked you to join us, or we asked you to join us, I started listening. I talked. I said we need to have Chris on. Okay. Uh, but uh, it sounds like your mic is like right here, and then John's like right, right up. So this is why I wasn't kidding when I say that y'all's microphones here are better than what we have. I've got mine right in front of my face, and his is too. His is just a better microphone. He also has a better voice than me, right? Like I'm, I sound dumb. No, you don't. No, I sound dumb. I'm okay with it. I'm not dumb, but I sound dumb. You know what I mean? No, I feel the same. And I, I just not about you, but I don't. <laughs> I don't have the energy to pretend on the air. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if it were, if it were my livelihood, I might. But the fact that like John and I exist in a bubble, mm-hmm. nobody's going to come in there and like fire me. Yeah. A, I don't cost the company any, any overhead. Yeah. yeah. And it's a contrast to John. So yes, it does sound different. So I'm constantly like, I never want to be louder than him. Right. It's like a subconscious thing. It's his show. People yeah. are absolutely turning on the radio to hear John there. Nobody, my parents are turning the radio on to hear me. That's it. Carrie sometimes, but, <laughs> but no, now that she knows John a little bit, she's probably like, no, oh, no, he's better than you. I like him more. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're in the same room, but in there there's four mics. The more mics you open up in there, the more hollow things sound. Yeah. It's just a, and we got a guy that's allegedly an engineer, <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> but our owner also thinks he's an engineer. So, so that's what matters. So they're always in there tinkering with microphones and all the voices are different, right? Like John may say, Hey, this mic, well, John's John doesn't wear headphones. So John really is not getting any, like he can't, he's he just trusting, yeah. right. He's just trusting that the mic is at the right level. So Craig may say, Hey, there's something wrong with this mic at noon. So they'll go in and tweak it. And then Smokey may come in at, at three and they use the same mic and he may say, this mic's a little too hot. So they'll tweak it again. So it's just so every day there's an adjustment going on. Yeah. All the, yeah. The only person man. who's Mike, they don't need to adjust his cues because he just yells all the time yeah. anyway. So yeah, we're in the same room and uh, probably six feet from each other. Just standing Frank, there thought, looking at each other. I thought I was saying, hey, we can just go over there and do it. But now I'm thinking. No. I'm glad we. No, I wish John and I did our show from here. Well, one day. No, no, never mind. Let me take that off. I got yelled at the last time. No, we can't do it here. <laughs> I'm serious. Y'all's equipment. I don't even know what this equipment is. I couldn't, I couldn't set this up. It's because it's made for music. Everything in here yeah, is for music. We, so, yeah. I, uh, yeah, this is we all already, music. apparently we are, apparently we already had this. So I found, I found that interface and then, uh, we bought the, uh, mic preamp so that we could have, or the headphone preamp so that we could all. So this entire show is basically our side project that will make our lives easier during the week to do our real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so we're making all the mistakes here yeah. to yeah. make our real jobs easier. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. yeah. 
Tim. I'm listening. Sorry, I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna no, you're good. Do a little work while we. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um. So, do y'all want to y'all want to hear my work? Let's see. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's go. No, I'm just I got a file. I got a file f- that there's some concern that uh, the guy is not going to be able to make closing pay like pay the loan monthly, like make the monthly payment, like his qualification. He's a commissioned employee. He, he just recently moved to a more unique commission structure, which if you're a commissioned employee, you have to have two years of commissioned income for it to count towards your debt to income. And he's, his is, is gray. So we're just trying to push it through because he's a talented guy who's a good salesperson. So sorry, what was the question? What are we talking about? Uh, Derek, you what? talked, talked about, about something that you wanted to talk to Chris about earlier. Well, no, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Well, Derek might be nervous. We'll we'll get, get, no, we'll get that, that. later. Um, speaking of, since we since we brought up mortgages, yesterday Zach and I were talking about y'all are buying a house together. <laughs> I could N- never, man. This guy, I would kill him initially. Uh, <laughs> no, renting versus purchasing. Yeah, I think you guys also had a video. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, uh, was video. This a different was, Zach. We were, uh, I think I saw the video from you guys on Facebook. I kind of briefly scrolled and I'm thinking it wasn't an ad. It was just a video for, it's the Wood Group, right? Wood Group. Is that the mortgage company? Yes. Yes. Uh, But yes. So I didn't watch all of it, but then later that day, Zach was talking about them wanting to buy a house, but they're renting now. For those individuals, you want me to try to persuade Zach to buy a house? No, I'm not trying to get him. I'm just saying, just kind of like give him the the pros and cons and like how can I make this happen? No, don't 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 cut me off. Yes, I, I am going to cut you off. We I didn't I didn't say we're looking to buy a house. No, I said you were wanting we're, to buy. We're, one. I, so me personally, not necessarily Maddie. Whatever happens uh, later this year after she graduates and she gets a job, shut your mouth. I'm gonna stay. I'll stop you, <laughs> Do I need to be here for this? Yeah, you could, you might have to pick him up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I went fast in an ugly direction. Yeah, uh, <laughs> keeps me from cursing. Uh, uh, but we, no matter what, I, me personally, wants to move out of our current rental property. And we've thought if we if we know that we'll be here for at least three or five years, we'd probably look to buying a house. What's Maddie's hold up? Does she getting a job? She graduates in May. Mm. Uh, and so the next step is getting a job. And and one of y'all wants to rent. And one of y'all wants to buy. Not necessarily. We just, is Dorit just making crap up? Yeah, basically. That's <laughs> typically every day for Dorit. I think the big benefit to owning a house, especially if you're young, is the equity you have in it and how it helps you down the line. You know, so like if you can buy something affordable, especially yeah. now in a place like Waco, if you can buy something affordable and not try to live in a home that's outside your means. Like what I, and what I mean by that is like, don't think about the home you want when you're 60 with grandkids. Think about the home that you can afford at 20, what are you guys in your late 20s? Yeah. You know, or anyone buy it, take care of it. Waco, everything is, is going up. going up. So you got some equity. So then you can use that equity and it just rolls over. You take a little bit of equity in this house and you roll it into the next house and you got more in the next house. You got more. And down the line, if you're wise and you do a shorter loan or you're good with your money and you pay it off, now you've got equity to do things and you've got some long-term savings much later in life. You become that grandparent that's able to travel and provide those things and give like you're able to be more generous with, with the equity you have built up. So I think it's just, it's the long-term vision of instead of saying, well, I don't know if we have the money now it's see what you have the money for. If you do try to buy something affordable, stay in it a couple of years, take care of it, build some equity and roll it into the next thing. That's, that's the, what is your advice for 
first time home buyers that can't make a down payment. I can't do a down payment. There are out there. There are a lot of yeah. like programs and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of grant programs. You can also get gift money. I know that's not a possibility for everyone, but you can get gift money. Um, you can also there's if you're buying an existing home, you can ask for because a lot of okay. So a lot of people think down payment is all the cash that they've got to have, but you got your closing costs too. So, so think in terms of cash to close, you got your down payment money, you got your closing costs, that's your origination fees, your appraisal fee, all kinds of jazz like that. And then you got your prepaids. So they're going to collect taxes and insurance upfront and probably mortgage insurance if you're a first time home buyer. So you got to pay a, a chunk of that at closing as well. So I've got a, I got a borrower right now who's putting 3% down on a $250,000 house. That's $7,000 down payment, his closing costs are going to be about 13.5. So if you can do some down payment assistance, which there are a million programs out there. Mm -hmm. And then if you're buying an existing house and you ask for some seller concessions, like for them to give some money back at closing, you can knock two thirds off of your down payment of your cash to close. You know what I mean? So if you put three and a half percent down on a hundred thousand dollar house, that's $3,500, right? You can get a grant for 3000 of that. And then if you get, 6% 6% of the sales price and seller concessions, well, that's $6,000, right? So now you're talking about $9,000 knocked off of all your cash to close. So have a good realtor, have a good lender. You can get in a home. You know, don't feel like, don't disqualify yourself when you look at your income or lack thereof, and then you think, I'm going to have to put 20% down on this house. Like, step one in shopping for a house should never be realtor. It should always be lender because we're going to be the ones that tell you what you can afford. A realtor, most realtors are good folks who are not going to show you a $300,000 house and go here, call this lender, right? Cause that's, that's just bad staff work. But a lender will say, all right, Zach, Maddie, Derek, Melinda, this is the max you qualify for. Go shop. Which is also better to get pre-qualified Yes. Before you even approach a lender, I mean a realtor anyway, because that way you know what you can, what home you can afford. afford. Yes. I, I think lender should always be step one. Conventional wisdom is realtor. It's hard to change conventional wisdom. I always think lender should be the first step so that you know what you can afford. You know, you know your credit score. Most people think they know their credit score, but they don't, they don't know their FICO score and that's what lenders are using. So Zach's zero because he's a follower of Dave Ramsey. Therefore, I have credit. <laughs> but you know what? Even if you don't, like you can get. I'm. I have a closing Tuesday with a couple who use non-traditional credit. He's 21. She's 18, and they're married, and they have a zero credit score. But they're going to close on their home on Tuesday. That's so, awesome. it's all right. Let me throw you because you are a lender and you're super smart. No, well, not a lender, but I mean you're super smart. No, uh, one of those okay. things is true. So I have a buddy. And it really, this really is okay. It sounds like one of those stores. I have a friend, super yeah. creative guy. He's lived here five years renting, but he has roommates. Is it possible for him to purchase a home and still kind of like do some creative things? Like, I'm sorry, I was reading an email. No, no, that's okay. Never mind. I, I lost it. It went away. Yeah, yeah I was confused where you're going with that, anyways. Because there, there are ways that like two people can like go in together. Like if if the two of you know you're going to be here for like the next 10 years for like, you're going to school, right. you're going to go to grad school, you can master master's. Put it on the lease. Yeah. No, instead both, of leasing. Both names on the, yeah, you both kind both of names purchase a, a house that you're going to rent out, that purchase a home together, pooling, like d- combining your credit scores, your finances together to talking purchase one a, home. You're talking about with a spouse or with a friend? No, just with a friend. with a friend. Yeah, just with a friend. Yeah, you can do that. The things that change there are the amounts of money you have to put down oftentimes will change. So if you, if it's too... 
if it's two people buying an investment property, rates are different for investment properties so than they does, are for- it, I was going to ask you that. Does it look like an investment instead of like these people actually going to live in this house? Well, if it's your primary residence, then yeah, rates are the same. There's some additional layers when the two people are not family okay. um, that buy one together or they're not spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and spouse, by definition, you know, it can be any, any combination that you want to pick right. of spouses. Um, so, I mean, it's just some different layers, but that's what we're here for is to- you say this is what we want to do, and and really like me and Sarah Jamar, my partner, our par- our our job is to go. Okay, well, I think we can do that, and then figure out if we, you know, what hoops we have to jump through to do that. Okay, it's another, another this this is this a is this a, a financial advice podcast? I think it has turned it's into that. Turned Hold into on, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pause. We need to probably pause that. So I have twenty two dollars to my name. Are you really the person? Am I really the person that no. you want giving this okay. kind of advice? We're, this is this is gonna go another direction. So I'm, what are we gonna talk about wrestling? It's coming. <laughs> It's coming. It is coming. So we just passed WrestleMania. I have all kinds of thoughts. Quick, quick, quick question on this for, and and this is more of a of a thing that could possibly go with a Highland deal, Zach. Later on for like Kathy or something. Uh, with the wellness center. When this doesn't have to be in the podcast, by the way. Cut this (laughs) off. So, let's say a family in this neighborhood here, okay, would like to a family. They're living together already, but they would like to pool their money together as a family to purchase a home. But it's like me living with my cousin, my cousin, and they have, they're like on, I don't know what you call it, section eight or housing or something. And they're, but they're getting like a, what is this little check? Like a disability check or some, something, some form of financing or whatever. Could they like put all that money together to purchase a home? Just thinking of a way to raise their economics. Cause I mean, let's face it, most 60% of the people in Waco don't own their homes. They're, they're renters. Yes. And to change in a way to help them build wealth later would be to first purchase a home. First is for Matt McLeod to stop buying things up and <laughs> trying to run at people out of town. But second, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just you trying can to figure cut out. that out, but I told you I'll be as honest as I possibly can. His whole goal is to is to what and people think Chip and Joanna are doing, that this guy's actual goal is to do that. He's doing it, and he keeps buying white Range Rovers and parking them outside of his thing. I think I'm just ticked because he bought a house at, at 31st in Cumberland that Carrie and I really wanted. And because he's a realtor, he had it. He had his finger. He knew it was coming soon. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. We've never met, but it's That's probably okay. good for you. Yeah. You probably won't ever hear this. I'll keep that in. No, I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> Me too. I may take it to his office, and we you can listen to it together. To, you know he used to have his face on his, real, on his realtor signs? That's not abnormal. No, for and like you, this is true. So I should cancel my order of lawn signs and say, "Get your loan with Chris." Note to self: Do you I'm have your face on there. No, I keep my face off as much as possible. <laughs> but is that why you're on radio? Yes, on television. Face for radio, face for, man. <laughs> face for radio. No, yeah, he he does. He has like I don't know what his thing with old Range Rovers, man. But he keeps buying them and just parking them out. So you know, because his office is over by mm-hmm. you know where it is. So wait, I liked what you were saying about but how to, to think improve. Like how to like if a family is because typically, are you talking about? Are you talking about? Let's say there are multiple families in one residence. Or are you talking about? They're they're actually in separate residence dentists at the moment, but for them to pool their money together and could live together for like the next five years or something mm-hmm. to change their. I mean, I guess that is a gray area. What would, what would happen after they decided to, if it was only five years, like they just split the equity the evenly? Yeah. But then, but then at this point you're, 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 you're going and you're taking it and going because individually they're going to continue. They will never own anything on their own individually because they don't have the money to do so. They're going to continue to rent or whatever. 
But if they could buy a, a what is it, like a quad or something, but they're going to live there as a family of four, just four families buying this together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I don't think you can do that. Okay. Now, what they could do is pull their money and buy like a multifamily unit. So what they could do, like what would really be great would be if two families went in and bought a duplex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then they're technically living in separate units. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. Like your general sentiment is that home ownership, and this, is, this goes back to my point about equity, right? Like the two couples, I have, I have a closing next week and I have one on the 22nd. Young Hispanic families have lived in Waco for a long time. Hard workers, obviously life started behind the eight ball for them a little bit mm-hmm. um, because of, I don't want to make this an, yeah, an economic good. injustice podcast, but the reality is those things exist, right? There are economic and, and systemic injustices for people mm-hmm. of color. So these folks now, I can't, I don't think I can legally say like, this is the amount of home they're buying, but they're not buying very much home, but they're going to have their own property that they're going to be able to take care of and hopefully sell and maybe put a kid to, you know, through college or, you know, roll the equity into the next house and just have an asset, you know, which probably no one in their family's ever had. One of them is, is, is a, a new American citizen, mm-hmm. you know, and I like that. Yeah. Like that is a, that is our dream. job is about numbers and our job can be lucrative, you know, like it pays really well, but it's a customer service business. Mm-hmm. And if you can have some sort of social conscious at the same time, and it's not even like we all want gospel justice, right? right. Like we want right. people to know Jesus but there's nothing wrong with also wanting them to have a roof over their heads and some racial harmony mm-hmm. and be economically right. stable. You know, these are not yeah. bad things. They're not the ultimate things, but they're not bad things. And so if you can have, and that's the thing I like about the two managing partners of our company are believers. Mm-hmm. And so they're very much into like the half million dollar loan and the $60,000 loan get the same attention. attention. And that's not lip service. Like they're really, it's a pretty incredible company and part of the lure, you know, of me wanting to go there. So I'm with you. I, and there are programs, there are down payment assistance programs through NeighborWorks. Mm-hmm. Um, the city of Waco has down payment assistance programs because they want people to become property owners. You're always going to battle the tax issue, right? Like people, taxes are going to go up. And especially if people are, if people don't make a ton of income, that can become an issue later on. If they, um, well, I would say if they chose not to pay their taxes and insurance and in escrow, it becomes a bigger issue, but you have to put 20% down. So most of those folks are not really dealing with that issue. Right. But all that to say, I'm with you. Like if more people in Dean Highland and in Brookview Hills owned homes and less investors owned homes, and I'm not against capitalism, but it would be better for the city. You know, it just changes an, an, uh, a feeling of ownership right. about things. Right. Yeah, it definitely changes life. Well, I mean... Now I know. Like whenever we look to buy a house, go into a mortgage, and if it's in Waco, probably gonna go to Wood Group. Yeah, I'll come see you. And we'll just we'll tell you like, hey, like this is what you can do right now. This is what you could do in three months. And also the myth of like, oh, I don't want my credit run because it's gonna tank my credit. If you have a good credit score, running it one time might drop it a point. You know, so it's it's kind of a it's a myth that like, oh. I've, don't run my credit because I'm gonna. It'll drop from 800 to 540. Like that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. How's that for high quality content? A little that's little mortgage good. diversion there. Hey guys, thank you for if you have made it 
this far in the episode of episode six. Hey, we appreciate you guys hanging with us this long. Again, always, you can follow us on Instagram at Willie and Sasquatch. Also use the hashtag Willie and Sasquatch. If you have any questions or want us to do something random on the show or you have a topic that you would like for us to talk about or just want to reach out to us, we do monitor and follow that hashtag on a regular basis. Right now, there are zero comments. <laughs> also, follow us on Twitter at Willie Sasquatch. We really, uh, hey, Twitter is where it's going down. Well, not for us because we have zero followers except for me and Zach. But anyway, appreciate you guys. Uh, till next time. Just gonna leave me hanging there. <laughs> till next time. Till till next time. Once again, just want to let you know that the part two of this interview with Chris Allman it only gets better, and you, trust me, you're gonna want to listen. So. Anyways, we will be back uh, next Wednesday with part two of this episode. So we'll see you then.